Thanks for tuning in to the Let's Engage podcast, where we reimagine communications in the digital era. I'm your host, Al Belasco, head of media and applications at Radisys. Our guest today is Kevin Nethercott. Kevin's the managing partner at the CPAS Acceleration Alliance. The Alliance brings together CPAS technology and service providers, sales partners, industry experts, and media to collaborate for mutual success and growth. Radisys is a member of the CPAS Acceleration Alliance. In today's digital age, where customers expect seamless communication experiences across multiple channels, programmable communication has emerged as a powerful tool for businesses to improve customer engagement, increase operational efficiency, and drive revenue growth. In this episode, we'll explore the evolution of CPAS beyond voice and messaging, its impact on businesses, and the trends shaping this dynamic market. Kevin, thanks for joining me today on this podcast. Thank you for the invitation, Al. It's good to have a good conversation here with you today. That sounds good. Well, we'll jump right in. The industry and the term CPAS has been around for over a decade now. One of the challenges with this label is that it means many things to many people. In fact, I think one of the one of the things that really hit home, kind of reinforcing this challenge in, in helping the market and potential users understand what CPAS is, was a, a blog from the CPAS Alliance that was titled, I didn't know CPAS could do that. You know, this is particularly relevant for Radisys as a, as a relatively new entrant in, in the market. How would you define CPAS today? And are there any examples of applications that embody the new CPAS, let's call it, or where, you know, the, t- the CPAS of today and the future? No, that's a, that's a key question. And um, one that I think that the industry and others are still grapple with because there's so much that you can do with CPAS. I think too often historically, we've tried to define it maybe from a technical perspective. I mean, CPAS stands for Communication Platform as a Service, And so clearly, you know, there's a platform element to it, but I feel like we're missing out on the real depth and meaning and potential around CPAS by trying to define it technically. I think we do a better job if we kind of flip it upside down and look at it from the consumer's perspective, you know, whether that's an actual consumer or whether that's an employee, but individuals that are consuming the different services that CPAS could present. And so if you look at it from that perspective, I'm really looking at it as a way to create better experiences for my customers and my employees. Now we do that through messaging, we do that through video, we do that through voice. You know, there's APIs that allow us to integrate into a number of different systems. We now have orchestration tools that make it much easier And there's really some really cool applications that have now been built on top of CPaaS that really do bring a better user experience. And so I think if we focus more on the end user and less about the terms of what's under the hood, that we have a much better understanding of what the value and what the real meaning of CPaaS is. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, maybe focusing on the outcomes, the benefit to the user, the benefit to the provider who's enabling a service for a user. That's a way for customers to understand, internalize. Are there any applications that 
you've seen from your experience in the market, from recent engagements with other participants in the alliance that you say, hey, here's a, here's a real interesting example of, of an application and the outcome that can really illustrate the potential for this market and for solutions based on these CPaaS technologies. Yeah, absolutely. And, and maybe it's, it's even helpful to, to take a, a quick historic view of where we started and, and how we got to, to where we are today with such interesting integrated you know, use cases and, and applications. So I think all of us individually interact with CPaaS on a daily basis. That reminder for the dentist is coming from a CPaaS. When you interact with your Uber driver, either through a call or through a message, that's through a CPaaS with number masking to, to help with privacy issues. And so those were some of the early significant use cases that really drove a lot of usage and really created new companies. I mean, you couldn't be Airbnb or Uber or Lyft or a company, one of these gig economy SaaS companies without CPaaS and APIs enabling that. That was huge for us um, as an industry in the telecom space, but even more importantly, I think for the consumers in what this opened up as opportunities to use interesting new applications and really impact our lives. Now, if you fast forward a little bit, we have video capabilities, we have WhatsApp, we've got all these different messaging channels and so forth. And um, I had a, an unfortunate experience here recently where um, my battery died on my Forerunner. And so through my insurance company, I have free towing. So I call them up and frankly, I expect to be on, you know, in the queue for 30 minutes to get to somebody to, to see if they can get a tow truck to me. And um, that wasn't the user experience. I got on and through a simple IVR, they asked why I was calling and I, you know, they had voice recognition that I needed a tow truck. They then sent me a text that allowed me to put in my address and my insurance number. They confirmed that I was a customer, that I had this as a service. And before I knew it, they sent me another text. I've already ordered a um, tow truck for you. They sent me a follow-up text with a link that sent me to a map where I could actually track where the tow truck was on its way to to my location. And so my experience, I was touching four or five different internal systems within the insurance company and even their third-party vendors. But for me, it was this simple experience that within five minutes, my problem was solved. I knew exactly when the tow truck was going to be there so I could make sure I was with my vehicle. It was just it was awesome. And um, so I think that's an example of the power of CPaaS is you're able to really interact and interface at the same time with the customer and with your internal systems to make it the best possible experience for that consumer in what they're trying to accomplish. That's an interesting example. You know, it, it highlights, I think, one of the important aspects of this market space, which is accessibility. And that accessibility has a couple of dimensions. One is the accessibility to the information that's needed when and where the end consumer requires access to it, From which was your experience there, but also on the back end accessibility for 
the service provider, whoever's providing these services, whether it's the enterprise, whether it's a service provider, telecom provider, that these technologies are easy for them to use, accessible, and don't require a, uh, a, you know, a telecom ex- expert or a communications wizard to be able to create these applications and also adapt them on the fly. Exactly. And I think, you know, the business impact on this is so critical, right? So if I had the opposite of experience where I was on hold for 30 minutes and the tow truck was three hours away, I would have probably switched insurance companies where on the other hand, because of that experience here, I'm bragging about them. Right. And so I think too many companies out there are still not understanding how important their interactions with their customers are and how they communicate. And this is where this new technology and the ability to interact with these different systems is a game changer. It really does create brand loyalty that a lot of companies still don't understand the, the importance of. That's a good segue to how to talking about who is providing these capabilities to the end customer, enable that type of experience that you described. Maybe we'll focus on one particular type of customer uh, provider now. At Mobile World Congress, we saw a flurry of announcements by top-tier operators who are entering this market. How do you think, and I think this is a part of the mission, this is one of the key parts of the mission for the uh, the alliance as well, is helping these telecom operators understand how they can leverage the assets that they have uh, and the relationships they have with customers to create these kind of experiences. From your perspective, how can telecom operators succeed in this market, which has to date really been dominated by cloud Based service providers who are using those the telecom service providers networks and leveraging them to provide these high value services. Now you bring up a really good point, Al, because as we are doing research on the industry, the size and scale and where we think it's going to go, we expect to go from $16 billion last year to over $100 billion by the end of the decade, which is the fastest growing sector of telecommunications and clearly a meaningful market. And one of the key areas of growth to kind of get to those numbers is a broader base of providers that are providing CPaaS related services. And within that, we do see the CSPs, the carriers, the telcos as a critical new channel that will really expand the market. Um, as part of our research and working with some of our analyst friends, we've, we've seen clear data that if I'm a business and I'm wanting to do something new, innovative, or maybe one of my competitors is, is doing this real cool messaging thing and you know I want to do that, my first phone call, my first interaction is overwhelmingly with the local carrier. That's who I pick up the phone That's the website I go to first to find a solution. So I think by default, because of the history, the branding, the current relationship, the CSP has a home field advantage second to none. And so, you know, by default, you know, they kind of have the potential to play a major role in helping these businesses. And we have a lot of data that backs that up. But I think, you know, moving beyond that, another area that we'll see significant growth is with smaller companies being able to consume these great use cases and this wonderful technology. And so if 
I look at small businesses, most of them are running their business on their mobile phone, especially if you look globally, right? I mean, 90% of the world's businesses are considered small business. And, and so as a mobile operator, they're in a very unique position where these companies already, the lifeline to their business is the mobile provider. And so they have the scale and reach to, I think, break into the small business market in a major way that a more traditional over-the-top lack of branding, lack of current relationship, um, they're going to have a challenge there. Whereas a mobile operator, again, I think has a, a tremendous home field advantage in being able to reach what we expect to be the largest growth area over the next five years. Any thoughts or suggestions for those operators? You know, how can what do they have to do to capitalize on this opportunity? I mean, they have the relationships, they have the network capabilities. A lot of these service providers, especially moving outside of the SMB space on the enterprise side, where they can distinguish themselves is in their ability to provide more stringent SLAs than somebody who's just riding over the top of the network. Even concerns about data privacy continues to be a more and more significant um, issue in the market. And I think there's a tendency for the customer of the telcos to trust them more with their data than somebody who's they know is you know mining that data and selling that data where a lot of which a lot of the hyperscalers are i mean any any suggestions for the telcos on how they can capitalize on this and do they need to do something differently to engage customers so that those business customers whether they're enterprises or smbs really look at them as the credible provider of these applications that ride on their network that's a good very good question in the sense that though they have a home field advantage they still have to put the right team on the field, right? And so we've seen some best practices and successes amongst our members, and we've seen others that have had challenges. So I think one of the areas that we have seen you know, meaningful growth and progress is that the technology is rock solid. There are a number of quality vendors. Radius is clearly being a leader in, in that pack where they can provide solutions, technical solutions to the carriers that will set them apart. It'll enable the key use cases, give some differentiation to to what they're selling and be able to get a product or the technology set up and ready to go. If I look at the challenges though, it's in mindset and go-to-market strategies. So where we've seen the most struggle is the current sales teams or maybe marketing teams are typically looking at phone numbers, connectivity, you know, some of the, you know, the legacy products are the core of their business. And as we start looking at more solution selling, it's different. And so one of the areas that they really need to focus on is getting either the right team or training their, you know, their current team so that they're asking the right questions you end up selling a lot more by listening than you do by talking in this sector. And so there's some key things that are very simple and straightforward that applying in a sales situation um, improves. The customer success is a critical part of this and how you follow up because the beauty of CPaaS services is they may start with one thing, but quickly they understand, oh, I can use it here, I can use it there. And so we find a lot of companies that are leaving a lot of revenue on the table 
because they go and sell a, a solution or you know one application and they don't ask follow-up questions and understand their customer's business. And so I think that's a key part of this. We can't really underestimate the value of having that go-to-market mindset and how you present these solutions. You're not selling technology, you're selling results. The other area that's critical in this sales process is typically you're not selling to IT anymore. You're selling to the commercial mm-hmm. side of the house. So you're selling to the CMO, the CRO, and it's a different sales track, as you will, in, in how you, you talk to those new buyers. So I think that's a key part of it. And then the second part is that we are getting more and more turnkey applications or better tools that somebody an end customer or business can't implement this on their own, but no two businesses are the same. And so often there is incremental integration. Maybe they're in an industry where, you know, if I had this one feature, I could really kill it. And so where we've seen additional success are organizations that have either a strong system integration partner, or they've actually created that group within their organization. And that has allowed them to move at the speed of business. So as customers come up with issues, opportunities, integrations, the carrier can quickly listen, get the right people in the room, and then go execute against that. So you know, if I were to pick two things that would have the biggest impact on their ability to really drive service, one would be your go-to-market strategy and making sure your sales team is trained properly. And then also making sure that you have access to system integration or development resources, whether that's internal or through a third-party partner. Okay, thanks. I mean, there's a lot to unpack. One thing you said uh, early on, and I think this has been our experience, is that initial solution in this communications, in these digital services or that CPaaS can enable for other opportunities and, and helping the provider of these services understand that, uh, you know, I think is is really critical to highlighting the business opportunity. That initial point solution um, is just a door opener. How do you think that the vendors who are providing the underlying technologies can help the service providers selling challenges and bring and help them understand what, it's, what it takes to succeed? It's not just the technology, but from a business services, marketing support. Yeah, that's a key issue because I think as vendors, which, you know, I was at one for a number of years, we'd get the PO and think we'd won the day. But in this model, right, it's, it's more usage-based type of type of a business model. And so getting them to consume it and sell it and use it is, is mission critical. And so as we began to understand some of these challenges that I just described, we started putting marketing as a service, actually, as a line item, because we could come in, we'd had seen lots of different operators try and implement these services. And so we were collecting best practices and experiences, and we wanted to share that downstream. We'd created the CPAS playbook where um, customers and providers could come and and get training and and different collateral and make it easy for them to white label and and reuse. So I think any of those types of tools that you can prepackage clearly makes an impact. If you're making your customer's job easier, you're probably doing the right thing. Um, oftentimes, particularly when you're working with operators, they're big organizations. And so, you know, even having, you know, some business models that they can 
potentially leverage with internal meetings makes their job easier. It moves things along more quickly and, and smoother. So I feel like vendors that can embrace the fact that you really are partners and there's experience that you have that you can share and potentially package that up in a way that they can consume it, leverage it, and use it can be a real competitive advantage. Whether you do that for free or, you know, you may be even able to charge for those services as professional services as part of an engagement as well. But I, I would highly recommend vendors to take a serious look at really treating your customer as a partner and then bringing those insights and capabilities to them is mutually beneficial. It gets them to market quicker, which brings revenue to you that much sooner. Okay, thanks, Kevin. I think, you know, this is one of the reasons that we were really excited about participating in the alliance is the approach that you guys are taking and looking at this uh, holistically, you know, and as you said earlier, technology is a part of it, and it's an enabling part, but it's about the outcomes. And, and I think the way I would kind of su summarize your answer to the last question is it, it's also about helping the providers of these solutions, especially as many of them will be new to this market, you know, helping them to understand how they can succeed based on uh, best practices and experience of the organization itself and the consortium of companies that you've, you've built in the alliance. That's right. And, I, and within the alliance, we felt that it's so important that we've actually now created an academy as part of the alliance where we have these types of workshops that maybe it's the C-suite that needs to be aligned on this new strategic service so that they understand it. Um, it could be sales training. It could be go-to-market training. There's a number of different elements that we've now actually packaged as workshops because we've seen such a need for that. So we're trying to do our part in, in facilitating this and being a, a platform or a, you know, a community where you can come and learn and, and participate. So, um, it's that important that we've actually now highlighted that as a key part of our mantra moving forward as the Alliance. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. Well, maybe just to wrap up, um, in fact, as to, you know, kind of focusing on the, some of the in initiatives and activities uh, that the Alliance is driving, the, you and the team are publishing a 2023 state of, state of CPAS report in May. Any teasers or hints that uh, you can give to the audience about what they should expect from this report and why, uh, why they should look for it. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, the motivation behind the report was we felt that there was a gap a little bit on the data that was available around the industry. I think the analysts do a wonderful job of tracking the technology, the vendors, the features that are, you know, driving the, the market. They're really good at the top down and bottom up kind of size of market. And, um, you know, putting those numbers together, what we wanted to focus on was really, and this comes back to kind of who we are as the Alliance, we're really focused more on the commercial side of it. You know, how do we help vendors and carriers and CPAS providers grow their business? And so as we've looked at it, and we did this in collaboration, you know, with the, with the analyst community, along with our members, what, what was clear is that there were some significant, what we would call macro trends that help drive this growth that'll really you know, drive it from you know, the 16 to, uh, to the 100 billion. And so if we look at, you know, a, a, we've touched on a couple of those already around SMB being a part of it, we're going to see significant regional expansion 
We've, there's a number of deals happening now in the Middle East and Africa, throughout India. So there's, there's this a broader base of, of regions that will impact it. We look at the 5G um, investment that carriers have made and the need to now bring revenue associated with that investment. And so I think that will enable some, some interesting opportunities. And, you know, I think just generally the, we're also seeing organic growth where um, a number of analysts shared with us that most companies are now consuming some feature of CPaaS and they expect that to double and triple, you know, just in the next 12 to 18 months as they roll out a second and third use case internally. So there's a lot of areas where we see a real impact for growth. Now that comes with, you know, some of the challenges that, that we highlighted earlier. And um, so, you know, how easily can we move and overcome those challenges will be key. And what that really drives to is we're in the process if I were to, to, to kind of frame it, in CPaaS 1.0 was messaging and APIs. 2.0 is, is really about the enterprise market and now no-code, low-code types of automation, which is, is, is impactful. But as we get to 3.0, we're really going to see more of this customer experience piece come into play where you'll have more consumable applications and use cases so that as a small business without an IT team, you know, I'll be able to, to consume CPaaS-based services. So the, the report does, uh, I think, a, a really good job of outlining the use cases. We highlight a number of, of, of our members that are doing interesting things as examples of, of where we think the market will go. It's free, so we hope that everybody will come and, and take a look at that and through that get a better understanding of what CPaaS really is and really the, the tremendous growth opportunity that's there for those that uh, you'll want to get involved. Sounds good. Well, looking forward to the report and also uh, rate it purely from a rate assist, a selfish rate assist perspective. I think it's that CPAS 3.0 opportunity that really excites us. I think, you know, you're talking about uh, new user experiences from our our role as a real-time media processing uh, engine in the service provider networks and with the emergence of what's, you know, what's possible with 5G networks from the expansion of the Internet of Things to uh, lower latency broadband capabilities that, okay, it's a technology enabler, but what's the outcome it enables for users is much more immersive and compelling user experiences that can be enabled. Uh, so we're looking forward to uh, working with you and the rest of the members of the Alliance to show customers uh, and service providers and the end users what's possible with these technologies and how they can benefit from them. Well, thank you for your time today, Kevin. It's been a pleasure to have you on the uh, podcast. I uh, look forward to the report and working with you guys in coming months. Appreciate the time, Alan. We're excited to see you know your continued roadmap growth and uh, the really cool use cases that you're enabling there. So congratulations on the progress this far and absolutely look forward to, to working together to grow the industry and help where we can. Sounds good. Okay, thank you. We'll wrap it up here. Thanks for your time today, Kevin. It's really exciting to hear your perspectives on the evolution of CPAS and how new technologies and new entrants will shape digital engagement, innovation, and business models. I hope everyone in the audience enjoyed the discussion. 
For more information on Radisys Engage platform and digital applications, please check out www.engagedigital.ai for more information.